Jersey Joe is back to do a two-part crossover as we discuss Silly Season, the overall team structure of the New Jersey Devils, and how they move forward from here, whether it is coaching or players. We have a lot to talk about in today's episode of Locked on Devils. Buckle up and make sure you stick around for part two that will be published tomorrow. Your Locked on Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, this is Bryce Salvador, and you're Locked On Devils with Trey Matthews. scores! Oh, Steven stepped up, nailed him. Rodora's got the puck. What a shot. The Devils win the Stanley Cup. Alrighty now, what is up, New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here on Locked On Network. I'm your host, college hockey play-by-play announcer. And also Dell's Ryder for Pucks and Pitchforks. And I guess part-time credentialed media member Trey Matthews. I am joined alongside good friend and also a recurring guest of the show. It's Jersey Joe. Jersey Joe, welcome back. Hey there, everybody. Happy New Year's. Welcome to 2023. How's everybody doing? I am doing great. So the New Year's resolution for New Jersey Devils is make the playoffs and everything else you anything else you could think of, quite honestly. So Jersey Joe, uh First time I met you uh, in person was at American Whiskey, and here we are right now talking uh, once again on the show. Yeah, I mean, it was a great meetup that day. Uh, it was against Dallas of all teams, but hey, I treated you to a slice of pizza. So good. I would have taken mean, a shot, but I, I I can't show up drunk. Nah. <laughs> uh, anyways, but I'm just saying, speaking not just literally, but figuratively, I think. Devils fans should enjoy their slice of pizza this time of year because last year we weren't getting much of that pie anyway. No, we weren't. So uh, let's start with overall thoughts on the team so far. So uh, I have yet to cover a victory for New Jersey Devils every time I've been credentialed. Uh, the best thing I got was that OT or no, that shootout loss by the New Jersey Devils at the hands of the Carolina Hurricanes that happened recently. So that's the best I've gotten so far. At least they walked away with a point, but it raises the question. The month of December was a big time struggle for them. They went from first in the Metro to now being second. It's a tight race. Obviously the devils are still in a playoff positioning, but it's, it's just going to get tougher from here on out. So my overall thing is like so far on the team, what have you been seeing or not seeing for that matter? Well, I will say that this, uh, what I've been seeing without Nathan Bastion is that they lost their uh, their grit and sandpaper without Bastion on the bottom six. Yeah, it's um, funny. what it's I funny. have seen is I'm, I'm sorry, I don't I don't mean to interrupt you, but it's funny you said that because remember when we did our three way crossover with the Brat Pack, and he basically said that Nathan Bastion is that Green Goblin kind of uh, player, the, like that Green the Goblin, goal, the Gold Goblin. Goblin. Yeah, Gold Goblin. So. With him having been out, to me, it made me ponder uh, getting a guy like an Adam Rzichka or maybe an Andre Kuzmenko type player, maybe a Brett Ritchie, Nick Ritchie uh, type player, because if you don't have enough uh, grit and sandpaper in your lineup on the bottom six and you get to those uh, very important parts of your schedule, and you just have finishers and playmakers uh, up front on the top six. How are you supposed to go up against the more physical teams that are going to try and wear you down 
uh, in the latter half of the schedule and try and make it to the playoffs. So that was something that I noticed uh, without bashing. Now, I would rather have this team than the team last year because this team is a playoff team versus last year's, no doubt. Right. I mean, I mean that obviously, but like I think coming into the season, no one anticipated for the Devils to be this good. They've exceeded expectations because we saw our baby big three and he sure Brat and Hughes. They all took steps forward. Jesper Brat is back to being a point per game player because he did have that slump recently, but he's uh was able to break out of it. And in the previous game, he had two goals. And then for Jack Hughes, uh, he's already on an amazing tear. And quite honestly, uh, he's I think he's on pace to become the first New Jersey Devils player to eclipse 100 points. And then for Nico Heischer, I call, I, in the recent episode, I called him Captain Clutch because that's what he's been like. He, he's the leader of this team, but yet he's clutch in the moment. So like when we need a goal or when we need some sort of momentum our way, he's really been there all season long. And that's something else that the Brad Pack brought up in our three-way crossover, which was that uh, Nico Heischer is just uh, clutch and and he's taken his clutchness to a new level. And then obviously we're still trying to fig- figure out the goaltending situation. If I had to guess the reason why Mackenzie Blackwood got the start in the Carolina Hurricanes game is because historically in his career, he's better uh, versus the Carolina Hurricanes compared to Vitek Vancheck. But that also raised the overall question. I know you released an article on Pucks and Pitchforks recently saying that maybe Mackenzie Blackwood should be traded to the Chicago Blackhawks, or if my memory serves me well. Yep. But either team, I just think Mackenzie Blackwood, I think his days as a devil are are outnumbered. And I think he's sensing that in the locker room because, quite honestly, when we when the media speaks to him, he's kind of um, – like he swore during his post-game interview. Um, <laughs> he, he, he said, like, uh, shit happens. So I, I apologize. Hey, Lock- <laughs> I, I apologize, but I just had to say it. So, um, yeah, so <laughs> – he, he, that so it goes to show you the stress is starting to catch up with uh, Mackenzie Blackwood because when I asked him if he, if I felt like he redeemed himself, he he gave a fair he gave a fair answer which was you do the math like we lost the game because unfortunately Mackenzie Blackwood is not big on moral victories for right now because he knows Akira Schmidt is out in Utica ready to take his position he knows that Vitek Vanacek is essentially the fan favorite and people prefer him to be the starter now. Will Vitek Vanacek hold his end come playoff time? We don't really know. But at the same time, it's just like, um, I think Mackenzie Blackwood would be the biggest tradable asset for the New Jersey Devils right now because I think Damon Severson and his overall uh, stock goes down a little bit more. Don't worry, there's still more in store with Jersey Joe. But before we continue, I want to get you hip to a product that I use literally every day, and that is Athletic Greens. So here's the thing about Athletic Greens. The reason I started taking it was because I wanted to be happier. I wanted to be healthier. My body's a temple, and I got to start treating it as such. So its lifestyle is friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. Contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything while still tasting good. Supports better sleep quality and recovery. Supports mental clarity and alertness. It's the one thing that's the best of Athletic Greens is that it uses best of the best products based on the latest science with constant product iterations and third-party testing. So right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different supplements or pills to look after your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase 
All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Okay, let's get back to our discussion with Jersey Joe. Take it away. Yeah, so one of the things that I was reading, I know it's part of the little trade rumors thing, but like Winnipeg and the Calgary Flames are all interested in adding a goalie along with the Flyers. I do not see New Jersey trading with the Flyers and Chuck Fletcher. Well, because, what about, what about Carter, you know, Carter Hart? You want to give an asset to your... Yeah, isn't Carter Hart doing well, though? Mm-hmm. Like, why why would the Flyers want Mackenzie Blackwood mm-hmm. as a backup? I, I was just reading, and they probably wanted more depth. Okay. But point being, point being, if I'm in Tom Fitzgerald's shoes, I'm taking a good look at Calgary. Calgary was a playoff team last year. And... There's there's something that I like in Calgary. They have a guy in Manjapani who's an RFA. He's a young guy, fits around the same time as Jesper Ratt, Jack Hughes, someone who could light up the lamp. He let, he lit us up last year, and he's due for a big contract. And the Devils need that extra shot that can uh, build the top six and the, the top nine more. And then Razichka would bring a more dynamic forward on the third and fourth lines, kind of like a David Clarkson. And also he's from Slovakia, and he would bring something with Tomasz Tatar and something with Simon Nemec, because you would have a balance between an older veteran, a younger uh, veteran, and a rookie. So... This would make too good of sense for the Devils to not pass up this kind of deal. And maybe do they get Tyler Toffoli in that? I would happily say, please, add him in. So what what would, would you be willing to give up? Because obviously I think um, Mackenzie Blackwood and Damon Severson are definitely on borrowed time. But um, So I spoke to Ryan Novozinski and also James Nichols about the matter because they had the, the chance to speak to Tom Fitzgerald. And they said uh, that Tom Fitzgerald doesn't like rentals. He he wants like a player that's solidified to uh, be with the Devils for a long period of time. That's why he's more big on free agents compared to maybe making a big trade. So that's why the New Jersey Devils didn't really get Kevin Fiala or Alex DeBrincat because I don't think Alex DeBrincat has signed his extension with the Ottawa Senators yet. So there's no guarantee that he's returning. And then Kevin Fiala, he did sign an extension with the LA Kings, but at the same time, not at that given moment. And then, you know, I remember doing a silly season offseason trade discussion with uh, the guys over at Locked on Leafs involving William Nylander and such. And I don't think Tom Fitzgerald would realistically make that trade because William Nylander, he has this year and then next year. And so and there's no guarantee after that. So the thing is, Tom Fitzgerald is not big on getting rental pieces. That's he's big on free agency, but he did say that come like around the 35 or 40 game mark, he would start to assess everything. And now here's the assessment. So you get Ryan Graves back. That's that's huge for New Jersey Devils. John Marino is still week to week. Nathan Bastion is is back to skating on his own, but not back to skating with the team. So he's still going to be a few weeks away. Um and it's just like the Devils are just trying to figure everything out. These last few games for them, it seems like their scoring is starting to come back, but there's still too many defensive lapses. We're seeing Kevin Ball make mistakes. We're seeing Eric Holla not be as aggressive as he 
as he can be, or we're, we're just like flip-flopping between goalies right now. So it's just like, I think it's come the point where Tom Fitzgerald seriously has to sit down and just say, okay, where are we going? Are we contending for a Stanley cup? Are we trying to coast by, or is it just basically like stick to what we got and see what happens? Well, let me throw this in on Kevin ball. So any time you're talking about defensemen and young defensemen in general, they're going to learn from these sort of blunders or mistakes or these little small things that they need to correct. Here's the these thing. kind of games are development games for them. Right. I'm not so, trying to put too much pressure on Kevin Ball because, like I said, my expectations for Kevin Ball and my expectations for Nikita Oholtuk especially is that I didn't anticipate much from them. It's just like – because, look, look the, the realization is that they're both downgrades from Ryan Graves and also John Marino that there's no answers or buts about it. So you can't fill their shoes in that sort of aspect. But Kevin Ball was making mistake after mistake, and it, it came back to bite the devils. And he's been doing this the last couple of games. So it's just like, I want to see Kevin Ball improve a little bit more. And I, I haven't given up on him. It's way too early to give up on him. But I'm just saying, like, at this stage, we're not that team from last year or the year before where we're willing to bring up so many prospects and just basically have a big tryout and see where everyone goes. We're trying to uh, get some uh, cushion in the Metropolitan Division because it's getting tighter and tighter. So one more five-game losing streak from the Devils, and they're on the outside looking in. Right. I will throw this in there. I would say if the Devils were interested in another defenseman, uh, a guy like Nikita Zodorov would help out a little extra because he's been in the league for a while. He knows what it takes to be with the Chicago Blackhawks and several other teams. And just bringing that big body, being able to play physical and can shoot the puck on net. You know, the Devils have had very good luck with Russian defensemen throughout their history. And I can see that being something part of the Thomas Gerald brand if contract-wise it's doable. Now, speaking of Russian players, may I segue over to Vancouver? Who are you looking at, Brock Besser uh, or or Connor Garland? I said Russian and Vancouver. Okay, okay. Andre Kuzmenko. I know he's up on the contract, but given if he's willing to extend to a couple seasons and or makes it to free agency, the Devils should visit the idea because the way he plays the game, he plays that net mouse game right at, right at the goal and he will tip things in. He's an elite passer, and he's an elite shooter. And the Devils need someone of that ilk who can make a difference. And if Alexander Holtz is not going to be ready for a little bit longer with his skating, I would rather have a guy of Kuzmenko's flavor. I love Kuzmenko because in 35 game appearances, he has 15 goals, 17 assists, for a grand total of 32 points and a plus minus of plus 11. So he would be a huge get for the New Jersey Devils because we're raving about Dougie Hamilton right now because Dougie Hamilton mm -hmm. has like 30 or so points at this point in the season. So Dougie Hamilton has definitely improved after his injury riddled year uh, last season. So getting Kuzmenko would definitely be a, a big get for the New Jersey Devils. And he's 26 years of age. So when talking to Ryan Novozinski and also James Nichols, I talked about like, what what are some of the players that the New Jersey Devils will be aiming for? And obviously Timo Meyer came into the picture, but the problem I had with Timo Meyer is that, well, similar to Kuzmenko, he's 26 years of age. And so it's just like, 
they're still relatively young. They're not the oldest, but obviously they're not the youngest either. So it's just like, it, it, we're hold on, we're, we're kind of in that similar situation with Jesper Bratt, which is Jesper Bratt, we're not trying to look to trade Jesper Bratt. It doesn't matter if we were a playoff team or a lottery team. We're trying to keep a hold of Jesper Bratt and re-sign him for long term. So I was like, don't you think the Vancouver Canucks, a rebuilding team or a team like the San Jose Sharks, similar to that, don't you think they would uh, try to hold on to those valuable players? But uh, Ryan Novosinski said, like, look, here's the thing. If you resign them long term, they're going to reach their 30s. And will their teams be ready to compete by then? Because it seems, you know, that's the big question. Well, the next question is, like, you have guys like a Jack Hughes are pacing for a little over 95 points right now. And Brad's looking at, like, he's going to score 80 points right now. You have to look at adding an extra piece to your core. And that Kuzmenko type guy or whoever you add that brings that extra pop helps ensure that the doubles win a few extra games. And if the doubles do move, let's say they do move Kevin Ball, they get it for like a Nikita Zadorov type player. And Calgary gets a younger guy who can develop with them a little bit longer. And you're getting someone that fits our timeline a little bit quicker and a little bit uh, more stable to add that stability uh, in our uh, top three defensemen uh, on the team. So then you don't have to really rush uh, for the Luke Hughes right away. You don't have to do the waiting game with the Topias V lens. So really you're, you're allowing that depth chart to really solidify, but, I'm not going to just trade away Kevin Ball just because, you know, he made a few mistakes. There are times like when the Islanders traded away uh, Zdeno Chara. Remember that? That ba- They came back to bite him. Right. You traded away Big Z. And quite honestly, uh, a prospect that I compared um, his abilities to possibly becoming like Big Z is uh, Shakir Mukamadoulin. Exactly. So it's one of the reasons why I don't want to give up on Shakir Mukamadoulin quite yet. Like I get that. We haven't really been talking about him and that we haven't and that he had he, in terms of skill, he's not there compared to like Shimo Nemetz or Luke Hughes, Kevin Ball or a few other defensive prospects that the Devils have. But he still has a lot of upside and potential. Can you vouch for me right. on that? He well, let me speak on Muhammad Dolan's half uh, about a month ago. I looked at his uh, season this year versus the season before. And he had a net zero plus minus, but he did score a fair amount of points given the fact that he has a really heavy shot that reaches over a hundred miles an hour, especially being on the power play. He brings that heavy bomb. And when he was able to play better defense this year for Salavat Yulayev and they're a playoff team, he's a plus 11 given that his age, he has grown so much within that year. And having a young kid becoming a young man in the KHL is like the equivalent of having a phenom in the NHL. Yeah, and I would agree to you uh, in that regards. That's why I'm, I'm not – I haven't given up on Shakir Mukhamadoulin. I don't think he's I'm, – I'm not saying like he's a lock to remain with the Devils organization, but I don't want people to give up on him quite yet. Now, going back to uh, Kuzmenko, um, he has a Corsi 4% of 59.5%. 
And if mm-hmm. anyone needs a reference, uh, a core C4 percentage above 55% is considered elite. So I think Kuzmenko would be a huge gift for New Jersey Devils on the defensive side of things. Now, I want to go back to your overall trade discussion with the Calgary Flames because wasn't there another player that you had in mind that could potentially come to the Devils? Uh, I added uh, Jesper Bolkvist to that, and I mentioned Tyler DeFoley, if I remember correctly, when I sent you the DMs. So I really want to add that extra playoff experience player and he's been on the block before several times uh, come trade season. And he knows when to score and how to score. And he just lives for these moments as a veteran. It's kind of like, remember Justin Williams? I want that kind of guy. And he's in a similar way. It's like having Andre Palat, but a right-handed shooter. Yeah, I mean, Tyler Toffoli, um, I think he scored on us uh, this season. So we know what he could potentially bring. I know how excited the... Calgary Flames organization was to bring him aboard last year. Um, he has 15 goals, 15 assists for a grand total of 30 points and a plus minus of plus eight in 38 game appearances. So he's 30 years of age. So he's, he's kind of up there. If we're talking about like the New Jersey devils roster strictly, because obviously like we have a few veterans, but we're still one of the youngest teams in the NHL. So it's just like um, when getting to Foley, Where do you see him playing? Do you see him playing on the top six or the bottom six? Because quite honestly, uh, just in terms of depth and similar to what Christy Flannery has been telling me is like, we need to focus more on our overall depth and not so much like building up our top six because we we see how valuable depth depth can be. So I just think that I think Tyler Toffoli, we slide him into the bottom six to, you know, give our bottom six more pop, specifically that third line with Sharon Govich. Exactly. Like when you get bashing back on the fourth line, you're going to add Toffoli to that third line and you're going to have him on the right side or the left side, because when he's a right shot, he can shoot it from the left. If he wants uh, you, you buy a little extra time for Holtz to correct himself. Or if he's, if you're going to move Alexander Holtz, you move him out West because you know, the waiting game with Holtz is here but it's really down here yeah, with I his mean, skating. The, the problem with Alexander Holtz is that uh, going into the season, I just told people like we need to give him significant chances in order to like get a better understanding of what he's capable of doing. Now, the thing is like he performs phenomenal in Utica, like lights out one of their best players, mm-hmm. but for some reason it cannot translate to the NHL. It seems like he always has like cylinder blocks on his skates. It, it just seems like he's a little behind. Yeah. To me, uh, I would rather move him in one of those trade packages because you don't essentially lose on that asset. And when you get a really good player in return or players and other assets, you're going to win that trade more than not. Because players nowadays in today's NHL, if you can't skate in synchronization with those lines, then it's going to be a lot harder to uh, score points, defend, and whatnot. To me, I wasn't really thinking of Alexander Holtz as my uh, pick in that NHL draft. I was kind of thinking around that William Eklund, uh, Quinn Jarvis type guy would, would have been my idealistic player. 
I think Dawson Mercer was also projected to go top 10, if I recall correctly. Yeah, but I actually, when I saw Mercer go to the Devils' uh, second selection there, um, I was literally jaw-dropping because I thought he would have gone a lot sooner. But point being is that um, you, you, you're not essentially making a full loss. You're getting a, a gain from a loss that you had in a trade. Right. And actually a player that I had my eyes sets on was uh, J.B. Drysdale, but he went right before uh, Alex right. to the uh, Anaheim Ducks because I, I felt as though the Devils needed some help on their defense because obviously we still had Jack Hughes and Nico Heischer. Obviously a lot of people were saying that Jack Hughes was a bust because he didn't have a good rookie year campaign. Mm -hmm. um, and then for Nico Heischer, it was just like solid, not spectacular, but wasn't playing in enough games. But I just said, give Nico Heischer some more game opportunities. If he remains healthy, he'll be just fine. So that's because going into the season, I know I'm getting a little off topic here, but I just wanted to say this. Um, one of my one of my former colleagues over at Locked On, who tr always tries to uh, just, how would I say this, explain devil's hockey to me. Uh, and, and he tries to like, tell me how this sh should work. Like he said, like the term Nico Heischer and superstar has sailed kind of thing. And I was just like... This, this was before the season. This was before the season, so I'm giving th this person the benefit of the doubt. But I was just like, no, Nico Heischer just has never been given a chance. Like, uh, he's had to deal with the COVID-shortened season. He's had to deal with injury. Uh, so I, I feel as though, similar to Lindy Ruff, Nico Heischer just wasn't given a chance to, like, showcase what he can do because we saw it during his first season in the league. Like, he played in, like, what, almost all 82 games, if not every game, so I was just like, if he plays in more game opportunities, if he's not hurt, you're going to see why Nico Heischer is, in fact, a superstar because he's already an all-star, but I know he can take it to another level, and he's been doing it this year. And, and the same I said for Jack Hughes because Jack Hughes, sophomore year, uh, he he had he did decent pr production. Like everyone around the Metro, or I guess like what was it called, the uh, East Division during the COVID thing, whatever the case might be, Um uh, it, it, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not, that's irrelevant, but, um, basically, <laughs> basically, uh, you know, Jack Hughes was making noise around the East coast, but not really around the NHL. But I think last year, had he not gotten hurt, we could have seen more people talk about Jack Hughes or things of that nature. And, you know, and, and then he says that Jonas Siegenthaler and Ryan Graves are just like random dudes or that kind of thing. I'm just like, you obviously don't watch devil's <laughs> hockey. Because I talked with Christy Flannery about this. Jonas Siegenthaler is not a random dude. If you watch Devil's Hockey, no. you know how valuable he is on the blue line. So it, it just it just blows my mind that someone tries to, I guess, explain Devil's Hockey to me. Like, and I'm just like, are you trying to explain Devil's Hockey to someone who's literally invested the past few years in Devil's Hockey? To like, seriously, this is like. This guy just tried to tell me how this worked, and he used to work at Locked On. So I'm not going to reveal any names because I don't want I don't want to get in, in in trouble. But you know, well, I will say this: like the Devils have a way of building a really good team the past few years. I mean, through the draft via trades, and then in the free agency. I mean, it's kind of like you know college football where you have the transfer portal and all that good stuff, and you get your recruits. Well, with the Devils, they've added those internal pieces. They've grown them, and they, they've moved a few to add to it. Nico Heischer, 
essentially is our version of Bergeron and Datsuk, where you know it's funny. Christy, the- Christy literally said the same thing. She compares Nico Heischer to uh, Patrice Bergeron, and Bergeron's a great two-way player for the Boston Bruins, and he's beloved out there. And I think he could become the same type of player. But he's also a Datsukian type because of his stick handling is so good. And he's really good at pickpocketing guys. And let me throw this out there. If you count for yesterday's game, Heischer's probably an 80-point player, making more than uh, a 70-point pace uh, for this total season prior to season start. So really, he's netting close to 10 points if he just keeps scoring the way he is. And a similar guy like that is Jasper Bratt. But Brad's just barely pacing over that 79-point pace. Yeah, so um, when when talking about, like, this Devils team, it's just, like, there's so many directions they can go in. But I got to ask you this. Like, if you're Tom Fitzgerald, like, we've been talking about uh, Kuzmenko. We've been talking about Toffoli. We've been talking about – I'm sure we'll talk about a few other players as we progress. But it's just, like – we got the assets. We still own our first round draft pick. And it seems like the Devils have exceeded expectations because quite honestly, no one anticipated for them to be this good going into the year. Like, what do you do? Like, what's the direction we go in? Because I, m- I myself, I'm a little confused as to what the Devils are because the month of November, no one, nobody won as many games as them in the month of November than they did. Like, they because they went on that 13-game win streak they at times they looked unbeatable. No one could outscore them. Vitek Vanacek looked like a Vezda caliber goalie. Uh, defense was good. Lindy Ruff was hearing the sorry Lindy chants. But now in the month of December, it kind of like I guess humbled them a little bit because it's just like, yeah, it's gonna be like you you gotta play the Boston Bruins, the Carolina Hurricanes, uh, these tough matchups. So it's just like, you know, it, it, I'm a little confused. Like wh- what <laughs> what direction are we going in? Well, let me throw this in there. I said before that the Devils were going to have to face an adversity streak at some point. It's better that they got it done now because now with Palat coming back and you have your core learning how to deal with the adversity of an 82-game season, I see them you know, starting to gain that let's play 500 hockey or steal – two to four points every two games that a tight pace i want to see that they took three out of four from pittsburgh and carolina when you listen to bill spalding yeah that is that that was crucial because i said these last two games were must win now they didn't get the best case scenario but they didn't get the worst case scenario either i didn't even think about what if they go what if they could just send an ot and walk away with a point so that way they don't walk away with anything like imagine like, if you look at hockey reference, they said that if the Devils made uh, their best cases right around 120 plus, and it, the worst is around like 86 points. So, if you take the law of average, you, you take those two numbers, you find your perfect median. So, that's right around the high 90s, maybe early 100s, if they can keep pacing at that. Now, when you add Pollock back, uh, coming up then you add bashing back you could easily go on a several win streaks more often than not so i i'm if i'm gonna do mad money jim kramer type feel i'm in the buyer mode 
I really am. I see this team coming together. Why? Because Burnett's probably going to have a little bit more responsibility this time around. And I know Lindy Ruff's still there, but he's got to have a balance of power on the ship and no mutiny. Yeah, I would agree with you. I think the Devils are definitely uh, somewhat in a buyer mode, but I'm a little, how would I say it? I, I would be a little conservative about it just because simply this. Uh, I don't want us to gut our future for a mm -hmm. player. So, like, that's why I'm glad that they did not win the Matthew Kachuk sweepstakes because mm -hmm. we would have to given up, like, what, Jack Hughes and possibly Nico Keisher. We would have had to given up a first-round draft pick or another prospect. We That's gutting the organization for one player who won't, like, he's a good player, but won't take us to, like, you know, the promised land, in my opinion. You're be you, you, you're, it's best to just stick with Jack Hughes and Nico Heischer because they have so much uh, – potential they have so much room to grow and we we're seeing it right before our eyes and quite honestly if they pick it up uh during the month of january i don't see any reason why jack hughes jesper bratt and nico heischer all can't make the all-star team quite honestly because if the vegas gold knights and the tampa bay lightning were able to have three representatives on their team uh, or on the all-star team then i think jack hughes nico heischer and jesper bratt can do the same thing and i find that well New Jersey may be a so-called small market, but in this era, they've become more of a media market, gaining more money and viewership over the past few years and growing via Forbes. You've, you've seen them grow, and they're not small financially. They're bigger financially. And the way they have with so many, not just celebrities, but fans, and you, know, you and I are both podcasters. So the word has gotten out a lot more and more exposure now we are advertising these players to be out there and if i'm telling other fans outside of new jersey to vote for the three go ahead because these guys should easily be on your fantasy teams as well right and the future is so bright with new jersey for right now and we're going to have to leave it there for today. So stick around for part two that will be published tomorrow because Jersey Joe and I have a lot more to discuss after today's episode. That's all the time we have for you. So continue to stay safe. Have a wonderful day, New Jersey. Go Devils. And Jersey Joe and I will catch you in the next episode. Thanks for listening once again.